Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, class, settle down, settle down. We are once again in session for a new year of classes here at the Umbrella Pod Academy. I am your professor, Alex. Welcome back for season three, or year three, as I call it. Hey, it's me, the bad kid in the back of the class. I'm Justin. When are we going to get to the dancing? You know, the cool part of this class? Enough preamble. Let's dance. I'm Pete. And we are back for Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 1, Meet the Family, now live on Netflix. So if you haven't checked it out, go check it out there because we're pretty much almost immediately going to be jumping into spoilers. But picking up, uh, let's do a little bit of a recap first. Picking up. Why don't we? uh, Let's shake things up here. Picking up on the end of the last season, the Umbrella Academy is finally back at their time, which, if I remember correctly, is 2019. So not necessarily 2022. Doesn't come up too much this episode. But they, when we last saw them, they walked into their home, saw Reginald Hargreaves there, and then saw that they had been replaced by some new students of the Sparrow Academy. Turns out when they went back in time, something changed. We don't know exactly what or how yet. But it looks like Reginald Hargreaves, as we start out here, adopted seven other kids instead of the Umbrella Academy and raised them. They are an actually effective super team. They're yeah. also huge jerks. Ben is one of them, and he's alive, so that's interesting and really messing people up. And the Umbrella Academy has to deal with that. They get their asses handed to them by the Sparrow Academy in this episode and hide out at the Hotel Obsidian which sounds very similar to a hotel that fans of Umbrella Academy may know something about. I'm sure we can talk about that a little bit. And by the end of the episode, there is a big ball of energy in the basement of the Academy that mom is praying to. Uh, Marcus, who is the number one of the Sparrow Academy, disappears. And bad things are once again coming for the Umbrella Academy. In In my notes, I have it as a flying ball of lava. Ooh, mm. nice. Okay, could be that. Could be. I usually wrote singularity happen. slash paradox question mark. Ooh, mm. could be either one. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Flaming ball of lava. <laughs> Before we get into the pre- episode proper, though, it has been two years. Since Umbrella Academy was on Netflix, very long time, a little less for us since we were recapping it after it had already launched. But what do you think about this premiere? I I think, uh, you know, I know my feelings were I really didn't like the first season of the show, even though I liked bits of it and I liked a lot of the actors. Loved the second season of the show. So I was definitely hyped up getting into this. But how did you guys feel about it? Well, first off, I just wanted to circle back. Uh, If you ever, like, cooked a Hot Pocket too long... Uh, that kind of looks like the inside. Uh, mm, so maybe mm. it's the inside of a hot pocket. Yeah, yeah. Um, Somebody so I, should I, ask uh, 
Jim Gaffigan. There you go. <laughs> I was about to say James Gandolfini, and I was like, "Wow, oh. he." I bet he had, had his fair time with the hot pockets as well. Yeah, he there was in the last well. scene of The Sopranos. Originally, he was ordering a hot pocket. He was sitting there cutting it up with his knife and fork when yeah. they cut to black. Hey, Tom, you gotta try wait, these wait, hot pockets. You it's like a whole meal a inside of a. <laughs> it's hot. It's a hot pocket. Why eat it with your hands? Don't burn your hands. <clears throat> You guys Anyways. interrupted my flawless Michael Imperioli impression. <laughs> yeah, sorry about so that. So, Pete, I, since I you am, derailed it, what did you think? I am hyped. Uh, it's great to be back. It's nice to see the gang again. And, uh, you know, I agree with Klaus as per usual. You know, like it was just so great to see Ben. Let's stop all the fighting and get to the hugging. You know what I mean? Justin, what about you? This show is is weird. Every season, I mean, it's weird in its content, but it's also just weird in general. Like, it's the tone of this show. It's almost like a parody of itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, This episode specifically, like, as soon as Luther popped up, I was like, oh, we're going to get dumb Luther? And I was like, oh, my God, it's all dumb. He's he's way too far gone to be, like, (laughs) a hero of any guy. Like, he's such a goober. Oh, Um, come on. I mean, I like him, but I just think it's funny how far these characters have gone away from even dealing with the people in front of them, any sort of reality. Like uh, Klaus is just like laughing at everything and there's no real uh, well, connection. I mean, you yeah. know, that guy's a living legend. Uh, so it, it is a little I'm surprised about that tone. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, first of all, had a lot of fun watching this episode. It's it very fun. Very goofy. I love the change that they had from season one to season two. Season one took itself too seriously. In season two, they really lead to the actors what they could do. Tom Hooper as Luther clearly is much funnier than he is as a romantic lead. And they're leading into that even more in this episode. But that's great to see. And it's interesting to see like this flip of Elliot Page as Vanya now being kind of the one who's in charge and making moves here. That's and I fun love too. The, Vanya's a badass in this, yeah. like uh, top to bottom. Also, I mean, come on, Footloose? I mean, that was just... Well, I mean, so this fun. was the thing. First of all, I lost it Everybody when they started footloose. doing the Footloose. Yeah. That was fantastic that they were doing a dance battle. Like, I was cackling with glee. Oh, my God. And so enjoyable. it kept going, and I was like, oh, right. Umbrella Academy loves playing the entire song, which yep. is something that no other TV show does. Every other TV show is like a minute, a minute and a half tops. They're like, no, we have to play the whole thing. We have to go through the whole thing. Th- that is the thing do- about this show. They, the amount of real estate, they just let stuff take up. And there's just so much like luxuriating in these scenes that are like it, the joke of Footloose is, is the joke of it. And then we're. We're sort of, we didn't need to see all of that. <laughs> oh, come on. It was so fun. It, it was very, of course, very fun. I'm just talking about purely from a production and like crafting point of view. It's like, so as it's a crazy producer, to, you would have been like, all right, come on. We got to cut this scene down a little bit. Move on. Well, but there is something about Umbrella Academy and from the jump of season one, they're always taking extra time. They just like luxuriate in there from a plot point of view and like character moves. Like some stuff happens, but. Basically, they show up and they meet this team, and that's sort of it. And then they run away. Like they, there is a lot of dickhead. Don't forget that part. I mean, they they call each other dickhead a lot. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's a yeah. lot of wheelies that they do on this show, <laughs> and it makes it for a. It's fun, but it's just it's very surprising to me because I, I would think it would start to pace up as we get into these later seasons because that feels like something that is uh, you learn to not to do less. 
Well, and also particularly, I'm curious to see where this goes because the first season was all about like getting the band together. And there was a certain frustration, at least that I had in terms of like, come on, we don't need to watch everybody going off in different directions here. And then season two, happily, they did that half. Like I, I remember us talking about, being frustrated that again, they were blowed apart when they got to Dallas in different timelines, but they very quickly in the season got them back together here. Here, now that they are all together, now they're specifically refusing to do anything, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, except for Vanya. Like, Vanya is the one exception there. So I hope that's not something we luxuriate in this season because I don't want to see all refusal and no call. We got to the point where they were legit superheroes when they were saving Vanya from not the book depository. I guess the FBI headquarters yeah. last season. They had those great superhero moments for the rumor. Um, so we don't need those across the board, but they've been through so much already I want to see them working as a team. I want to see them coalescing this way. And a lot of this episode is really just, in my mind, spent showing how much better equipped for that sort of thing the Sparrow Academy is. Yeah. So then we'll have to see how they come back from that. All right. Well, I I, I I disagree. I feel like we're having too much fun to complain. And I think this did a great job of like reintroducing everybody the the first part of the episode, I was like, wait, I've already seen this. What's going on? They're yeah, kind I, of thought like, hey. I thought I had the wrong episode. Me too. Uh, I was like, I had to check the email, be like, oh my God, am I watching the right thing? Like, but the, the, the fact that we got this fun reintroduction of the team that's almost fully together and we don't have Ben. So it's like this thing of like, we've got to get everybody together and I'm glad that we're doing that. And I'm glad that they're going to include Ben in this because he was such a fun kind of revelation last season that we yeah. want more of. And I'm hoping that that's what we're going to get. But also we got so many real fun- quick on Ben, real quick on Ben, the in his sacrifice at the end of last season, I thought was just like a yeah. really big emotional touchstone. It really was. And, and the fact that like, we we got so many fun little parts through people's other powers, this other team that like, you know, Alex, as Alex is saying, we want to see them go up against and be able to be a good team. I think that it was cool that we got to kind of like see a dance sequence and see people's true loves and stuff. And Dolores, I mean, that was just some fun stuff, but I I don't want them to be like immediately great. Cause that didn't make sense. The thing I think the, I, I don't think the whole season will be like this, but I'm glad we started it kind of where we left off and did a fun reintroduction by throwing a new twist in here. And uh, you know, the, when the guy got like a, the dad moments and the mom stuff, really, really cool. I, I think the thing that I'm taking a little bit of exception to is, and I understand what you're saying. We don't need to see them just be like straight up superhero show because that's not why we're watching Umbrella Academy. Exactly. But yeah. I do think there's a level of shaving off their intelligence that's going on here just in terms of alternate timelines and things like them walking in. And it's immediately obvious from the end of season two to anybody who's watching it. Oh, you're in an alternate timeline. And the fact that they're yeah. like, we don't understand what's going on here. This is our house. Get out of our house. None of this makes any sense. Is like, 
I think I think they're smarter than that, you know. So it feels like the writers making them twenty percent dumber so that they could push forward with this. That also goes for, you know, not to jump to another plot line, but Allison being like, "I just want to get back to my life and calling yeah, her family daughter, and everything." And yeah. you're like, "What? What are you doing? You know, yeah. things are going to be different. Why do you think everything is the same?" I agree that specifically that phone call. I was like, "There's no way that this is connecting to the people." You want to like it's not how time alternate timelines work, but I I, I don't know why they're playing it that way, you know. Yeah, I mean, we'll I see. I think we'll see. I think yes. we'll see why they're playing it that way. It seems like a plot point. I don't think we'll see anything. This is the well, one and only episode. <laughs> yeah, famously, Netflix drops their whole one episode of a season. Smart. Well, we kind of skipped over them a little bit, but let's talk about the Sparrow Academy because most yeah. of the first section is their introduction. Like you guys said, we start off with these two kids kissing on a subway. The particles infect her. She becomes pregnant, gives birth. Um, it's the same day uh, as the Umbrella Academy. I think this is giving birth to Ben. Is the idea? Uh, yeah, right? that's exactly. what I think too. Yeah. And the reason I right there with you guys, same thing. I was like, "What is happening here?" But I, I think the idea was the first, the original first scene of the show. I though it's never been clarified was probably Vanya uh, right. being given birth to, and here we're seeing Ben given birth to. So maybe it points to something just in terms of the importance of Ben this season in terms of kicking off. Yeah. with that specifically. Uh, but we do meet them over the course of a montage. We find out about their powers and who they are. Obviously, they're being set up as the villains here, but how do you feel about them? Any in particular jumping out to you at the moment? Um, I I like all of them. What I, We talked about how self-serious season one was. So the Sparrows are almost like the season one Umbrella Academy. They're fighting right. the, the past versions of themselves or slightly alternate versions. So I think that's cool. And uh, I mean, I like I like cool Ben uh, Marcus. You know, R.I.P. I think he gets pretty much wiped out at the end. Oh, uh, by so the, he was by the hot pocket, I believe, is what we yes, decided. by what yeah. we're calling yeah. the hot pocket. Same thing happens to the roof of my mouth whenever oh, I dude, cut it up yeah. with my knife and fork and jam yeah, it into. Yeah, your tongue is like the mom worshiping at the hot pocket altar in your mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, stop! Please, stop. I, I really know. liked. Um, uh, Jamie, uh, I thought, mm-hmm. in like what uh, that's going to be. Um, Alfonso, um, the guy with a sort of messed up face, yeah. which I, yeah. I the way so his Jamie is with the spitting dream powers yes. or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was super <laughs> uh, fun. I like their relationship too. That was set up very nicely and neatly. Like, I think uh, so overall with the sequence, they did a really good job of setting up who they are, what their powers are, and what their general personalities are, as far as we could tell. I'm a yeah. sucker for a floating cu- cube, so, you know. Yeah, you love cube. Christopher yeah. is his name. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Very fun. Very fun, uh, like, little physical twist there because you expect it to be another person that it's just a floating cube. Good times. And yeah. Just like the scene where he's, like, running and throwing knives at the cube is just such a hilarious, like, yeah, stupid but so fun. Stupid. So ill yeah. <laughs> to do. It's just like, oh, my God, I loved it. Um, and then Sloan, I think, um, we didn't sort of get too much in her head, but I like her as an instant romantic interest for Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. That was great. That was very cute, that moment in the middle of the fight there, and very, like, classic Luther. Uh, Pete, that said, 
you probably, uh, how do you feel about Luther and Sloan potentially being a thing given Luther and Emily, Ray, Emily Raver Lampman, who I don't remember her character's name other than the rumor, what's her actual name in the show? Allison. Uh, Allison. Oh my God. Wow. Total blank yeah. there. Didn't you but say it like a minute ago? <laughs> I sure did. It's all right. Hot Pocket is working its way straight. up to my brain yeah. right now. That's the problem when you start worshiping the Hot Pocket. Yeah, but Pete... Luther and Allison has been one of the big romances of the show over the past two seasons, despite the fact that they're brother and sister. Are you, how do you feel about a potential new romance with Lucifer? Well, I think they, that's why we had that phone call because it was like, remember Allison has this other family. We can mm-hmm. kind of keep going with this. Uh, it's a little weird with the brother and sister thing, even though they're technically not. Well, she well, has two families, right? Yeah. A couple. Yeah. yeah. She, has a, time she has her husband back in the past. And then yeah. she has her husband and her daughter, though I think her husband is estranged at this point in the present. Right. Yeah. Because um, he he saw she used the rumor powers on the daughter, right? And he was like, "That's not cool." Yes, I think that's uh, correct. But I, with, I mean, if they are sort of time traveled out of the picture here, I think she's um, she's time for she's maybe ready to find a new husband. Mm. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I just think that like. Uh, you know, it's interesting the seeds that we're planting here. I just want to know why Ben isn't cool with them when he saw them. You know what I mean? Like why it was so like, hey, let's all fight. And Ben wasn't kind of like, you know. Well, it's a different Ben. It's a Ben from an alternate timeline who doesn't know them at all. Okay, well, that makes sense then. I thought maybe because it was like, ghost Ben or there was different mm. things because the way they were talking to him made it seem like, why don't you know who we are? That was another yeah. one of those things. I totally get what you're saying, Pete, but that was another one of those things that we were talking about earlier where it's like umbrella Academy. Why are you not getting this? Because that's yeah. Ben grew up his entire life, not knowing of them at all. As far as we know, never meeting them. Maybe there'll be some sort of like hilarious double thing happening later down the line, potentially, but as is, this is a different Ben. We have not met this Ben before. Yeah. Well, it seems uh, like it's similar to the Ben that we know. It is played by it's, the same actor. <laughs> so there we go. Same actor, same character, same power. It's a little confusing then. Mm-hmm. So because yeah. they no, all I think seemed... I think it's actually not confusing is what I, what I think we're saying here. Pete's confused, though. So <laughs> I am very confused. Yeah. But I do like the what's. You know, to me, when it comes to like siblings and stuff like that, like and these kind of characters hanging on to this ranking, which seems really stupid. But, you know, like two brothers or sisters or siblings where it's like I'm the oldest or I'm the, you know, whatever. And they kind of like hang on to these meaningless titles. So it was was very funny to me to see him like, you're not even a number one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that whole kind of like pre-meeting where like Vanya's like, yo, you don't know who you're fucking with. I've like destroyed the world twice. So like, you know, get a hold of your shit. Yeah. I mean, this whole season, uh, here's my, um, uh, my theory on it. It has big D3 the Mighty Ducks energy. Uh, so uh, do I need to elaborate on that? You or? might need to elaborate just a little dude, bit. The flying yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows this, but um, famously, Mighty Ducks uh, formed in the, the Ridge. Um, they won um, their, their league. 
in the second uh, movie, D2, they faced off against the best hockey players in the world. They went up what? against Iceland, defeated Iceland, became like the best hey, this hockey is a group team. group of 12-year-olds, right? Yes. Wow. Um, I think that by the they aged. And they beat uh, professional hockey players from Iceland. Well, of similar age. And then oh, in D3. Okay. okay. Yeah. They these are went also, to, do, do we need to clarify these are fictional movies, not documentaries? Oh, or, okay. Much. Yeah. Well, because the there's a mighty ducks. Emilio was playing himself, I will say. Okay. okay. All right. That makes sense. Uh, but in D3, after they had conquered the world of hockey, they go to like a prep school and they have to face off varsity. So uh, and it was like, how is this? How do you how is varsity any better than all of the best (laughs) hockey players in the world that you just defeated? And so this like they've saved the world multiple times and they come through and they're like, oh, these guys who are literally our equals. And they're it just is very much. It's such an interesting sort of sidestep. And obviously we show them getting absolutely thrashed. Right. Well, it's well, their equals that's work together and know how to work as a team. We're not quite to that level yet, or they're more powerful. They just don't know how to work together. The There's another dynamic here that I think is kind of interesting and I'm a little confused by, and I guess maybe we'll find out more as the episodes go on. And that's how Reginald Hargreaves works in this alternate reality. Yeah, it because, seems like he's not in charge. Well, so the first scene... And I know this is just repeating what we saw at the end of the second season, so maybe they didn't have it wholly planned out at that point. He does seem to be in charge, and he does seem to be the Reginald we know. Uh, And certainly my supposition would be he is the Reginald that we also met back in 1963 because that's how time works. Yeah. Yeah. So he's that guy, but like Pete's saying, we get that scene where they're all working out, and he is supplicating himself to number one. So – what happened there? What is going on there that changed those things? That's something that I think ties back to what we were saying earlier about the jockeying for position. The Umbrella Academy always jockey for position because that's what Reginald Hargreaves drilled into them. If Reginald Hargreaves is essentially working for the Sparrow Academy, why are they still like that? I think these are questions we'll have to answer. I'm not saying this is a problem. It's just things that... I'm curious about. What I, if I think like he has more confidence in this team so he can just be like, go do your shit. I, I think it was more like because this team is the more evolved team of our team, they're like, hey, we're not going to take anything from you. You're just mm-hmm. an old guy. We have powers and like run shit. So you're going to listen to us. Is that the same thing that they did to Emilio Estevez in D3? Like after uh, they had already won twice, they were like, we don't need you anymore. In some ways, yes. Um, if we, back in D1, the reason he uh, got into the coaching position is because he got caught drunk driving, <laughs> which is something that Disney movies did back then. Less so now, where your hero is <laughs> drunk driving and has, is forced to be around children after that. It would be kind of uh, funny, uh, funny, haha, like pretty hilarious. You know, he got written off of the Mighty Duck show because he refused to get vaccinated. Uh, and he got replaced. So what if they did that again? Like he he died in a drunk driving accident. Like that would be a fun oh, wow. callback, right? Way to turn. Way to go dark and Save really it turn for D four, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did they so, get up to D twenty? Because that would be pretty fun. Uh, Not yet, but there's still time. There's still time in our lives. Wow. Um, Not a lot. Not a lot, to be honest. No. I mean, I feel that way. Um, I, I think it's very funny that we there's a side plot in this episode 
and we've just identified the flaming ball of lava as a hot pocket. There's a character named Lester Pocket. <laughs> yes. Who's in this episode, who's in this show, and is not related to the hot pocket. He's the cold pocket. Yeah. That's weird. To me, he strikes well, me you as gotta, like, if you're going to have a hot pie, you got to have a cold pie. It's the only thing exactly. that can destroy Balance. the hot yeah. pie. I, mean, I, I don't know if you guys, obviously, we don't find anything about him other than he's packing bags with numbers on them, which presumably are for the Sparrows or the Umbrella Academy or something like that. In his uh, briefcase, he's riding on a bus. He listened to some B sounds. He makes them sick mixtapes, which I did the same. I made that same mix for the girl I had a crush on in high school. Oh, she must have thought you were a psychopath. Yeah. 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 Also, some like bee that, sounds for my honey. That yeah. bee You're noise the bee's was knees, not the idea. relaxing. It was really freaking me the fuck out. Do you think he was trying to relax with the swarming? <laughs> it seemed like it. He was like, ah, oh, yes, swarming bees. To me, it feels like he occupies the same place as Mary J. Blige and the other guy in the first season of the Swedes of the second oh, season, man. where it's some sort of external force that's coming into the show. Going to do slowly making its way. Yeah, Very exactly. Blige, man, that but, was some fun stuff. Yeah, cha cha and yeah, cha cha, cha cha and real smooth. And I don't think so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, is it cold pocket a donut? Hmm. Jelly donut? Uh, yeah. No, no. If you wanted to say like an apple fritter, like a cold apple fritter, maybe because you got to have that center of that. You know what I mean? Something that can get really cold. A cold pocket is taking marinara out of the fridge and putting it in your pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a prank, classic. I just cold pocketed my teacher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just you open up uh, your pants and you dump yeah. some cold ragu down there. That's a cold pocket. <laughs> you sneak a bunch of pasta sauce into their coat, so when they reach um, for their keys. You got cold pocketed. A couple of other elements we should definitely talk about here. One, as we hinted at earlier, our gang goes to the Hotel Obsidian, which yeah. seems very much like a messed up version of the Chelsea Hotel, I would say, from New York. Uh, yeah. Old the hotel. Real that, New York. Yeah, real New York where uh, just like rockers would hang out and messed up shit would happen all the time. Um, so that's fun. But it definitely seems like a reference to Hotel Oblivion, which is a storyline in the Umbrella Academy comics. Yeah. So I was surprised to see it not being Hotel Oblivion, but Hotel Obsidian. Maybe yeah, there must be a, like, uh, probably not a copyright, but there must be some sort of um, Hollywood reason, though, Pete, I think is what you're saying. Mm. Like, is there another movie called Hotel Oblivion or something? That I thought maybe they were going to go to the John Wick Hotel where they could just go and, and fight people. and mm, Maybe. You know, that's where all the murders hang out and stuff. I did like all the details of that hotel. It also seems to be something that's, like, out of time a little bit, given every all the other uh, I mean, residents that, that you see there. Yeah. I mean, come on. Bellhop wow. was great. All of the residents were great. Uh, the other thing on a, a slightly more serious note that I wanted to bring up is there definitely feels like, to be frank, going to the season, this thing hanging over it of how are they going to handle Elliot Page? Because we know yeah. Vanya is going to become Victor at some point. Obviously, that doesn't happen in the first episode. There is a little hint here, I thought, where Allison says to Vanya, you're a good sister, and they pause and hang on Vanya for a moment as Vanya looks out the window and kind of like thinks about it a little bit. And that to me seemed like the beginning of the storyline, uh, but very curious to see how they're going to handle that. Hopefully. Well, I think they'll probably handle it well. Well, and I, I like it already in that it wasn't just like an energy 
enveloped um, Vanya, and then she she was was Elliot, like basically, like. I thought it might they might do some like finger snap and then it, mm-hmm. it's moved on. Or so if time they're travel actually, something or other. Exactly. Yeah. If they're a- actually going to like sort of make it part of the story, I much prefer that. And I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing how that spins out. Yeah, me too. Any other moments from the episode that you guys want to co- Oh, we should probably also mention that Lila shows up again. Yes. Throws a knife mm-hmm. at Diego and the reveals in a stunning crossover that his son is Ashtray from Euphoria. Uh, spoilers for Euphoria. Ashtray died there and then popped up here. Obviously, it's an altered timeline. Wow. But very wow. exciting to see Ashtray. Hotel yeah. Oblivion is real deal, man. Yeah, <laughs> Obsidian, Obsidian, don't blow the copyright, Hollywood. Oh, Pete. sorry, sorry about that. No, but uh, that's but, like you guys have kids, and that's how it works, right? You go to a creepy hotel, and then someone gives you a kid. Well, they kids throw a knife in creepy hotels. hotels. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Usually twins. Oh yeah. man, uh, what do you think about this turn, though? That Lila is dropping off a son, teenage son, Stanley, with Diego. I think it's fun. I mean, uh, giving Diego a problem to deal with is always a good, that's sort of where his energy is most often. When he's like staring at his robot mom in a weird way, I'm like, that's not, we get that. Like with him being like, I got to take this kid around. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, classic Diego. How's he going to get himself out of this one? I do like having Lila back as well. I hope she didn't She's just great. pop in to drop off Stanley. Yeah. Super fun. Addition I like her show. energy. Um, I liked the image of the two ladies holding cats walking down the hall <laughs> in Hotel Obsidian. I like the, those little visual things that they do so well in the show are always fun to watch. Yeah. A uh, couple of other things that I noticed that I thought were fun when, which one is it that does the spitting again? What's her name? Uh, her name is Jamie. Jamie. When Jamie spits on five and he has the vision of Dolores that Pete mentioned earlier and starts making out at her, her the quick cutaway to her seeing five yeah. making out with the air saying, are they all perverts? Very funny. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plus the Dolores, well, like the way they, the CGI on that, I thought was really cool. Yeah. Uh, also, I think Reginald was saying this to Klaus when well, he was got- like, which one are you? Scruffy? Fatty? I don't know. That was a fun yeah. line. That made uh, me laugh. Yeah. What were you going to say, Pete? Uh, the, the way that the number five talked to Dolores, the whole Italian bit and the back and forth, was just beautiful. It was just really beautiful. And again, something that most shows would treat as like a 20-second cutaway, they did a whole go-around yeah. on it. It's yeah. very funny. No other show does it. Uh, any other moments? Any other moments here? Uh, I think we mentioned the line, I ended the world twice. You're just meat in spandex that Vanya says to Marcus. Badass yeah. line. Very Badass. cool. Uh, the, uh, how about brothers who don't eat like barn animals? And then they both looked up like, you know, with food hanging out. I mean, this is just fun, silly stuff. Yeah. Lots of fun. Lots of fun stuff. Before we wrap up here, who got top marks this episode, though? Mm. Justin, you want to go first? Who got top marks this episode? Yeah, um, I think uh, Luther's the the character that uh, stuck out to me as like ah back and worse than ever, and I uh, that made me smile when he came through and was instantly crushing on a Sparrow Academy member, and then very bad at every other aspect of their uh, current situation. And Pete, what about you? Who gets top marks this episode? 
I'm going to go with uh, Hotel Obsidian. I feel like it it's a own character Ability. of the show. You know, oh, it really wow. feels like another part of this thing. So uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, big character development there. I'm going to give it up for Vanya. thought this was a great episode for Vanya. Yeah. Super badass yeah. stuff, as we mentioned. And I'm excited to see how this storyline develops. And for all of you out there. Wait, if you just oh, want to. Yeah. Quickly, yeah, also say up, more, Pete? more Klaus, please. Just more, more Klaus, more Klaus monologues, mm-hmm. more just you know, just more Klaus. Yeah, what's Klaus's deal this season? We we don't know yet. Yeah, I'm he's excited. pissing out a window, man. That's all we that, know. Yeah, that whole yeah, bit it's hard was to carry on for the whole season. Yeah, like, that was just <laughs> hilarious. Like, oh yeah. Great. Great stuff. Yeah. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Umbrella Academy, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show um, at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, class dismissed. Oh, my God. There it is. I guess <laughs> what an olive is a cold pocket. Oh, oh okay. interesting. Okay.